Hello and welcome to Box Cutters episode 151, The Sounds of Get On It. My name is Josh Canal. To my left, John Richards. Hello. What's... Hello, listener. No, I didn't. I, I, I really? didn't. I didn't want the listener to feel objectified by me singling them out as I have in previous weeks. So I thought this week I'd just, I'd just say hello. Oh, okay, that's nice. Yeah, that's yeah. thoughtful. Yeah, it is. It is. And to my right, Brett Cropley. Good evening, viewers. Ah, well, sounding a bit husky there, by the way. I am sounding. I was going to mention, you know, we had last week off um, um, for for various reasons. There was, uh, you know, the the Wall Street crash, which Josh had to rush off to to help solve. Yes. Yeah, I, I was called. Uh, I was called into Congress. Yes, and while he was doing that, um, I came down with a chest infection. So uh, tonight's show. If I laugh at any time, I tend to then go into hacking spasm, so you may enjoy that. So does that I mean this cough button will finally work? Oh, if I hit well, it, I'll get a cough. My cough button will work, but yours will. Yeah, no. <laughs> no. Uh, well, we, uh, we we did take a week off, and so we have a lot to cover. Uh, so I'm just going to run through the list, and then we'll go into it. Do you, do you like that idea, guys? Mm-hmm. You like it? Mm-hmm. All right, good. Yeah. Okay, we've uh, we've got Top Gear Australia that started during uh, the time, and we're going to go through that. Uh, also, The Mentalist has started. We've got a bit of crap TV. We're going to talk about an American show called The Middleman. Hey. We've got letters to box cutters. We've got the box cutters quiz. We've got some pork, but as always, we're going to kick things off with the Box Cutters News. And now for the news. And first up with the news, here's Brett Copley. In uh, news that I announced a couple of months ago, Anna, 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 Anna Corrin, Anna Corrin is leaving today tonight to take up a posting in Hong Kong for CNN. <laughs> and Sally Fletcher's leaving. Home. <laughs> <laughs> I am thinking we should start just getting Brett to announce some news every show, shouldn't we? Just to see if it will come true. Yeah, what's, if there's the anybody future. you don't like. <laughs> So, uh, so and uh, Charlie, the main host from Top Gear, is gone. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we'll talk more about that later on in the show. So uh, uh, Anna Curran leaving. So that's it today. Tonight's just cancelled. No more hosts. Uh, They're not going to bother with anyone else. No, there is going to be a, a host. Uh, they'll show the desk. They just won't have anyone behind. Them. Ah, so they'll show, they'll show the desk for two minutes and then and go then to a go story, story. and then come great? back for a, a thirty minute desk segue. Yes, yes. and then yeah, then then thirty minutes, thirty seconds, yeah, and then ads. ads. Yeah, back to the desk. Back to the desk. Story. Nice. I Disappointingly, like this article that I have doesn't name her male replacement. Matthew White. Matthew White. I knew it was somebody white. Mister Preparation. Brett Cropley. Hello. <laughs> Hello, listeners. Uh, yes, Matthew White will be uh, replacing Anna Curran at the desk, uh, which is the first time Today Tonight's had a male host since Stan Grant, I believe. That's a long time ago. That is a long time ago. Who have we had since then? Uh, I can't remember. I was out of the country when Stan Grant left. I can't remember anyone before Naomi. No, neither can I. <laughs> I'm sorry, does it affect actually, does, it, does it affect the show? Does what, the host actually change the tone? The host does definitely change the tone. Yeah. Uh, and people actually watch depending on who the host is. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, there was also... Uh, oh, no, that was Current Affair. Yarn Event did uh, Current Affair. Yes. I get them confused. Uh, both those shows, because they're so the same. Uh 
it re- it really does affect the ratings of the show. Who the host is, people actually do care. Uh, I mean, look, I, I kind how, of, how friendly the person is. I do kind of get that on that level because, as we're saying, the shows are very, very similar. But I was kind of curious about whether the host for the, one of those shows can actually have any impact on the show itself. Will there be some like if I went on and presented it all in a sarcastic manner, would that change the tone of the stories? You know, it's like would would the stories be somehow altered just because of the way they've been framed? Uh, would our perception of the story be you know? Oh, definitely. Mm-hmm. Definitely, uh, and I, I also have to say that if, if you were watch if if you were hosting today tonight with your sarcastic manner, I would definitely be watching every night. <laughs> yeah, uh, just 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 to hear uh, credit card fraud again. again. <laughs> yeah, no. So uh, that would be good. So Ma- Matthew White, I don't really know anything about Matthew White. Well, he's uh, no Carl Stefanovic, and he's no uh, who else was lined up for that. Because um, there's there's Fee, been Fifi Box, there's been Joe right. Stanley. It, it, a weird yeah. gig, though, isn't it? I mean, what a weird gig to do. Like, it, I mean, it's one thing to be a news, you know, a news presenter because that's that's oh. fairly straightforward. But to be the current affairs, like you're saying, it's the you know the two minutes of desk. You know, to, to be that two minutes of desk, what an odd gig. Yeah, well, for, you've you've got to convincingly be able to go, <laughs> or. Mm. And and you've Depending got to be and you need to know the difference. Article. You need to know which is which. Yes. Too. Yeah. And you have to be likable enough to keep people stuck on your channel for Home and Away mm-hmm. or uh, Two and a Half Men or whatever it is that uh, that, that follows the. <laughs> depending on which channel. Depending is. on which channel you yes. are. Uh, Matthew White uh, was Samantha Armitage. By the way, is the, the name you were thinking of, Brett? Uh, she was also uh, due to. Due to host and uh, has somehow been forgotten along the way. Mm. But uh, Matthew White was a presenter of uh, the Olympic Games, and uh, that's pretty much all they say about him in this uh, in this report from Sydney Morning Herald. He wasn't a competitor in the Olympic Games. No, no. no what, he what, was. What? He presented major sports events, including the Olympic Games. He's a a sports presenter. Of course, no legitimate news service would put a former Olympian. In as a newsreader, oh, would they? No, 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 no chance, no chance of that ever happening. Uh, it's stupid. The, uh, so yes, he uh, he's a, so essentially, it's like if they got Peter Landy to to host today tonight, right? That's uh, that, that's essentially what we've got. That'd be great. We haven't seen Peter Landy for so long. I know, I know. So that's that's how that would work. Uh, Channel Nine, meanwhile are uh, denying reports that they have uh, any contract going with Roberta Williams. Hmm. This comes from uh, the Herald Sun. Why, why do they feel the need to do that? Well, uh, the Herald Sun questioned them about it, uh, saying uh, they found out from a uh, legal source, and if I can stop hitting the microphone with my chin, uh, yeah, I've got... Darren from Bewitched's chin on. <laughs> that's, that's your tell, isn't it? If you ever play poker with Josh, yeah, yeah. That's if his I tell, if I hit the microphone with my chin, <laughs> yeah, you, you know, know I've got, or I've got a full house. <laughs> yeah, it's one or the other. It's one or the other. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, they uh, they say that they uh, legal sources say that a twelve month deal was struck with Roberta Williams being paid three thousand dollars a week by Channel Nine on retainer. Like whether or not she did any more articles for That's the, uh, a current affair. The understanding is that it's one hundred and fifty thousand dollars a year, or thereabouts. Uh, 
known publicity manager Michelle Stamper Stamper said uh, quote there has never been any contract with Roberta Williams and there never will be which uh, really to me just says there's no physical contract but that doesn't there's actually been no denying that Channel 9 are paying her and are paying her on a regular basis they're just saying there's no formal contract Mm -hmm. uh, which means that they could stop paying her any time and, uh, and she'd have no recourse. Uh, but it's pretty bad that Channel 9 would be paying a, uh, a, a former criminal just because uh, she's a, a talking point. But it also precludes Channel 7 from signing her up for anything. But she shouldn't be paid for anything. She's, she's a fantastic personality who's very likeable. And, uh, you know, voice of the woman in the street. Right. My mistake. (laughs) John. Um, Well, this one came as a bit of a shock. Uh, After four weeks on air, Channel 10 axed Taken Out, its new dating game show. I I don't think any of us saw that coming. Um, I don't think any of us saw that. (laughs) Well, we we discussed it actually. Well, it was a couple of weeks back in which... Which, you, you've watched some, and I've watched some, John. Yeah, so between and us, we've seen an episode. <laughs> and um, what an alarming program it was. Um, this article from, this is David Knox of City Search. There was a, a quote here that um, there were various issues they were having with the programs. Um, it failed to retain the neighbours' audience. It, it actually shrunk the neighbours' audience. Um, and it was seen to be basically a bit mean and a bit nasty. People just couldn't get over their their dislike for the show while watching the show before, and so we're turning off. Yes, that's how much they hated it. Um, uh, It was seen that it didn't work for its blunt speed dating approach with unkind contestants ready to dismiss potential romantics on the basis of a phrase or the shoes they were wearing. Um, And they also apparently had ongoing casting issues with low turnout of single men, which I thought was interesting. They actually couldn't get enough, you know, cannon fodder to to go with. uh, (laughs) That was the term I'm sure they were using. There is, as far as I'm aware, still a man drought uh, down the eastern seaboard, isn't there? And and also, ladies and gentlemen, here, premiered to 850,000 viewers, went to 500,000 before it got axed. Here's uh, here's the thing with with Taken Out that I, I, I watched... Let's say a week of Taken Out. Okay, that's more than I saw. Uh, You're a brave but, man. But most of that was at 12 or 30 times speed. <laughs> uh, but I did watch little bits of, of the host, and I, I forget his name, but he was on... Uh, uh, James Curley. James Curley, who was on uh, Nickelodeon, uh, the Australian uh, cable channel Nickelodeon. Uh, he is an excellent host. Well, and Ten says that, that um, they were pleased with his performance. Um, he has a promising future with the network. Oh, good. Because he, he, was, he was a really good host and it was a, a tough job to do because if you've got to speak to 10 or 15 dead shits a night and make it interesting in a half-hour show, that's always going to be difficult. One thing I did notice about Curly, though, was he had that thing, his shoulders kept rising up. I don't know, maybe it was just me. Maybe he's just, you know, bolted together from bits of old TV hosts. <laughs> but it just seemed to be that, like, by the end of every episode, he was this, was this permanent shrug going, yeah, I know, I'm hosting it, what can you do? <laughs> it was, it was, I found it really quite tense to watch that, man, because his, his body language was so kind of... The, the reason that I, I, I watched... Uh, most of a week, and it was only most of the week because uh, it got canned on the Thursday and they didn't bother bringing it back for the Friday, <laughs> uh, 
uh, is because a, a girl I knew was actually going to be the contestant on it. She was she was going to be the girl who who stands in the middle and gets judged, and then uh, and then has to judge the the last few. Mm-hmm. And uh, apparently, she was really good. Now, before she was on. Uh, in the week leading up to her, they just had a, a whole lot of mongers who just uh, were, were just, you know, unattractive and had absolutely uh, no personality whatsoever. Uh, and uh, and then she was going to come on and uh, all the remaining boys were, were going to go, wow, and uh, and all leave their lights on for the, for the whole time, or, or so is my understanding. Is that a euphemism? Leave their lights on <laughs> for the whole time. It is yeah. now. <laughs> the uh, uh, and then uh, and then they they never showed her episode because uh, they were saving her until the Friday. Oh, so she never got. Oh, so that's she, sad. So, so does that she, mean she didn't get the payout of the date? Well, she probably still had to go on the date because they you know they oh. go on the date and then film it and then show it the next. Uh, in the next episode, Actually, this article mentions uh, that reminds me too. Yasmin's getting married, saying, that oh, it, yes. it, you know, it longer lasted, it lasted longer than that, which was, I think, what three nights or something." Yeah, Yasmin's getting married did not last very long. At now, all. presumably, I mean, Yasmin must have been paid out again. I mean, I imagine with these sorts of shows, <laughs> we paid her out, but I mean, yes, but I mean, monetarily, I meant, uh. darling. But I mean, yeah, that sort of show. If if you've got a, a contract to go on that, I mean, presumably you still get paid. I know certainly the, uh, the people on Celebrity Dog School well, got paid for the episode. I don't think Yasmin that never got made. I don't think. Yasmin's arrangement was to be paid to appear on it, but they were going to pay for the wedding. Oh, that, really? And so, That's all she was and doing so yet? The, the production and so company actually wished her well. You're going to marry said, a stranger we'll, we'll and we'll still pay put on the wedding it. for you. Yeah. That's not a deal. We'll, we'll still put on the, the wedding for you, but you've got to marry my cousin Greg. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's what the production company yeah, said. Yeah, the weird thing is that Yasmin and Greg were so happy together, and it's a, it's a beautiful story. They've only been near the end of it. Um, Channel, <laughs> Channel 10 and a bold new experimental uh, bit of programming have replaced Taken Out with repeats of The Simpsons. <laughs> <laughs> really? They couldn't get their hands on any two and a half men? Or MASH. <laughs> And uh, they they worked their way through the entire all the series of Friends, didn't they? They finished up with yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, uh, they they did that. They weren't going to show the last series for some unknown reason, and then uh, three viewers wrote letters and uh, and they went, okay, well, whatever. We've it's already like got them. it's like you never get to see the last series of Happy Days when mm-hmm. they're in repeats. Whenever because that last series is terrible. No, but you know, Johnny and Chachi got married, and it was beautiful. The Fonz becomes a Satanist. I quite like that plot line. <laughs> that was fun. Yeah, yeah I thought. It was yeah. Fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, these pinnacles drawn on his face, but it was like it was with good the to have lighter moments though in that school series. School is cool. Yeah, cause, hey, because it was quite a dark series. <laughs> Brett, what have you got? Uh, talking of Channel Ten axing stuff. <laughs> It's a new theme. <laughs> uh, the, uh, the the hit show in out of the states uh, with all the kids. Nine hundred two one zero has been removed from the airwaves after uh, some disappointing viewer figures here. Well, so not axed, temporarily removed. It's been pulled like, off here, right? Yeah, it's still on air in America though. You can watch it in America. It is still in air on America. I've got I've got America on my computer. So you could see if you look through your computer, if you look into your computer through to America, you could probably still watch 90210. Uh, you just can't watch it on on that box in your house. Actually, I uh, I saw a little bit of uh, 90210 today and uh, my Shannon Doherty looks frightening. Mm. <laughs> She always kind of did, though. Yeah, I know, but you, you know that show that she hosted where uh, uh, where, where she would organise for people to get frightened? 
I, I don't think they shock tactic. Shock tactic. All she'd have to do is turn up. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen a few episodes of Ghost Whisperer recently, which seems to be that um, Jennifer Love Hewitt has the power to see women with way too much surgery. And <laughs> that's been really interesting. Every, every other character who turns up in that show, anyone who's, who's any character who's older than Jennifer Love Hewitt, comes in with like bizarrely pneumatically inflated lips. There was that one. Who was she? Was who was she? Should it be Jay Moore's previous girlfriend? Is this the one that every time yes, we cut yes, to her, yeah, we go, yeah. "Oh my god!" And then you think you get used to it. Then it cut back to her again. You go, "Oh my god!" It's like yeah, forty-five minutes of that. That's quite. That stressful. was particularly bad, and I can't believe that somebody seriously cast her like in, that. And yet in LA, that woman must look normal. <laughs> <laughs> they must consider her to look completely normal. I'm sorry to digress for a moment here from well, this, this is, but this, I just want to say this is the theory about why uh, so many Australian actresses are getting work in Hollywood because they actually look normal. Because they actually look like normal human well, beings. The curious thing was this week because I watched um, an episode of The Mentalist and also the first episode of True Blood, the um, the, the vampire show from Josh's favourite uh, television, you know, Sidious. Um, and the interesting thing was that the same guy, same actor turned up in both episodes because they were meant to be in sort of small country towns where people you know, don't have bizarre L.A. star teeth. And I suddenly realised that this guy was getting all this work because he looked normal. He's the only normal-looking guy in L.A. And everyone has to keep hiring him to go, now sit there and play your banjo, you know. Because <laughs> everyone else, including in one of these episodes, the, um, the Hispanic drug dealer who you know, has obviously had a million dollars worth of dental work done. And you just don't believe this. It's just... Insane. Uh, Channel 10 only got through four episodes of 90213 on the Monday and uh, then shifted it to Friday and they wondered why people weren't watching it. Oh, they shifted it to a Friday. Mm. That's usually so successful for one of their shows. It is. It is. The weird thing, too, of course, is that the 90210 audience is going to be the most tech-savvy audience, presumably. They're young, and I'm imagining a lot of teenage girls. Surely they are just going to download it and watch it anyway. So... Yeah if, it, yeah, if it's not on the air. Yeah. Yeah, 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 it's not like they're going to yeah. wait So it's not a big loss for them. Yeah, you know, whereas a loss for Channel 10 to have paid money for something that then... Yeah, yeah. and then, then Channel 10 will put it on over summer and we'll get 20 uh, viewers and they'll say, see, we mm. told you. The uh, CW in the US... That's the Country Western Network, no, John. No, it's not. <laughs> it's not the Country Western Network. It's just another network. Just a, just another network. Uh, they are going to be doing a TV series about the boy who became Robin Boy Wonder. Ah, oh, yes. A show called The Graysons. This uh, report comes from Variety. Uh, of course, Dick Grayson was the first Robin, uh, Batman's sidekick or, uh, or, or distracting target. As, uh, as as you may like it, Robin the boy hostage. Robin He's the boy hostage. To in the middleman. Which we'll get into it. Uh, this is going to be a Smallville style, uh, so it's not going to be about Robin. It's going to be about young Dick Grayson. They're going to call him DJ because you can't call a kid Dick on television anymore. And uh, and it's going to be looking at his uh, his first love, his young rivals, and uh, and and his family. As he grows up. Now, in the <laughs> Batman mythology, Dick Grayson was part of a family of circus performers called the Flying Graysons. Oh, really? And yes, and so that's why uh, he already had all these acrobatic skills. And a cape? Uh, no. It's, well, yes and no. Uh, but his, uh, his parents died in a, a horrible circus accident. And. <laughs> Uh, and uh, so uh, Bruce Wayne took him on as uh, as a ward, yes. and 
uh, and then uh, it turned him into a target. Uh, it's uh, it's hard to say really how this uh, is is so going to be. Is this show any- actually going ahead? This, is, this isn't just a pilot. This is an actual series. It's it's an actual series about Dick Grayson without actually having Batman in it. And did you make it up? No. No, it's real. It's, it is, it's actually a real thing. It is absolutely real. One of the uh, exec- executive producers of Smallville, uh, Kelly Sowders, and uh, Supernatural's executive producer, McGee, have come together to, to Well, it just gets this. better and better, doesn't it? <laughs> just, what? Really? What? What? Uh, I don't... Still, it's nice to know we've got some news for a year and a half's time when we can go, Channel 10 has pulled off the show about Grayson because no one's watching it. I mean, yeah. Well, and this is the thing, this is not the first time that uh, that CW has tried this with uh, part of the Batman mythology because they also had Birds of Prey, which was uh, about Catwoman. And uh, uh, about Catwoman and... Uh, oh, Batman's daughter. And again, you're not making this up. No, I'm not making it up. Really? That Batman and Catwoman... Uh, so so Bruce Wayne and Selina Kyle had a daughter, and uh, she is then taken taken in and, and becomes part of this uh, group of crime fighters, and uh, it's called Birds of Prey, and that uh, lasted ooh, six episodes, I believe. Mm. Not, not very much. Does anyone remember Team Knight Rider? Just thinking mm. about yeah. shows that no one in the world wants... And you know, Team Knight Rider was great. And we now have this this new version of Knight Rider. Not like anyone was really hanging out for a new version of Knight Rider. And there's Team Knight Rider where they all just drove some trucks around. Team Team Knight Rider where all the good guys drove Fords and all the bad guys (laughs) drove nondescript cars. One of the one of the reasons I loved Team Knight Rider was because it actually had a scene with no humans in it, of just two cars talking to each other. It was genius, absolutely genius. And that was around the time, same time as uh, Baywatch Nights, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. Uh, it was around that same crap time. But yes, there were a lot of trucks in that one. Right, John. Mm. Just quickly, actually, on the Night Rider, Val Kilmer. Ha uh-huh. <laughs> Thank God. There we go. Cautionary tale, kids. If you want to be the asshole of an actor, eventually you'll end up doing the voice of Kid because it's the only <laughs> gig you can get. So there you go. Do you know throw- the story of, of what happened with that? Because uh, what's his face for uh, Job from Arrested Development's real name? Can't think of it. Um, no. Was originally signed up to do the voice of Kit, um, but got bumped for Val Kilmer. But in the states, he's uh, he does the voice for GMC in their ads, and so got pulled at the last minute because he he couldn't he couldn't be the voice for <laughs> for this Ford Mustang. Just... If uh, if he was already the voice for <laughs> for GMC, but. Uh, John, in uh, <laughs> sorry, my world just went very strange there. For a in, uh, in the efforts of trying that segue again. Oh well, what were we talking about? Uh, yes, there were a lot of trucks in Team Knight Rider. John oh. Richards, <laughs> which leads us to the amusing news that goes at the end. Um, Smooth. It, it's not actually. It's not actually the end. I know, but, uh, but this is the amusing news that would go at the end normally. Uh, though. Yeah, so normally. Just imagine yeah. this we've, is the end. We've gone all SBS world news. Oh, <laughs> your asses. <laughs> yes, so there's another half hour of news in the middle for some yeah. reason. You think it's finished? It isn't. Um, uh, there's a, a gentleman um, in England. Um, I've got the report here from the BBC, but it's full of bizarre words like the Hobbins and Bridge North, Shropshire. So I'm trying That's to work a new out Peter Jackson film. Well, I'm, thinking, I'm trying to work out which of these are actually nouns. Hang on. Um, basically, he was uh, a- he was he was 
He was driving Shopshirely. He was, in the, in the bridge north of the Hobbins. Um, he was driving a lorry, which I've checked. It's a truck. Yes. Um, so basically, he was a truck driver for... Um, pa- I, thought, I thought it was the star of House. <laughs> it's a pound stretcher lorry, which I like even more. Um, this gentleman, Benjamin Trotsman, has been found guilty uh, and um, given hundreds and hundreds of hours of, of community service for driving his truck, his massive truck, back and forth erratically over the road, um, nearly killing some people and various things of that nature for 25 miles until he was stopped by police, who discovered when um, they got him out of the truck that there was a laptop on the dashboard and he'd been watching Battlestar Galactica. So, moral of the story is, don't drive your truck while watching Battlestar Galactica. Because Battlestar Galactica is so compelling... That you won't be able to concentrate on the road. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly why he felt the need to do this while driving the truck. I can't even watch TV shows while I'm on public transport. I'm too distracted by things that are going on around me. So imagine you were driving a Safeway vehicle. Sorry? If you weren't driving the train, perhaps. Oh, yeah, maybe. But if you were driving the train, what do you think you'd watch? Oh, I'd, uh, I'd probably watch some Petticoat Junction. Oh, that's nice. Because that's got the train in it. Sometimes the tank engine. Sometimes the tank engine. But also light. Light, frothy things that aren't going to get you too upset. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nothing that would make me think about all the the suicide people that I was running over. That's true. (laughs) He was also banned for driving for 15 months in order to pay £546 in cost. £546. I don't know where that number comes Mm. from. Yeah. Hmm. Brett Crapley. Uh, in death-related news, uh, since we were last in the studio, we've seen the passing of Paul Newman, who didn't do a lot of TV, but uh, Valet, and Rob Guest, who fans of Man O' Man uh, would remember fondly. As, uh, was, yes, he, he played uh, as Phantom the, of the Opera in Man O' Man. Yes, yes. <laughs> yeah. it, was, it was quite a spooky show. A friend of mine was on it, and he said that actually in the studio it was much spookier. It was, it was like, lots of cold Poor Rob Guest, you know, known, known throughout the world for his fine, fine work in musical theatre, but no. We're going to tell you he was on Man Oh Man. Well, this is a show about television. I know, but I'd forgotten it existed until you mentioned it. I was like, oh my God, it's all come back. Really? I, every time I see a swimming pool, just <laughs> nightmares of Man Oh Man come back to me. And lastly in the news, uh, the Gruen transfer has been bought by Endemol and mm. is going to be turned into a series for foreign export. Who previously produced it? Was it all ABC in-house? Uh, no, it was Zapruder's Other Films. Oh, yes. And nice. Denton's company. Oh. So uh, Endemol have bought the international rights to it and are going to uh, sell okay. it on. Okay. Um, All right. I see what you. Yeah. Yeah. I thought that Endemol were going to produce it for here as well. Oh no no no. I, no, I believe uh, Zapruders are still going to produce it here, but they've bought the international rights. Yes. Endemol went. Hey, people behind a uh, desk talking. That's amazing. <laughs> we can we can do something with that. It's about ads. There are no shows elsewhere in the world about ads that aren't the world's funniest <laughs> ads. I think I think that's a good thing. Anyway, sorry for trying to end the news on a light note. Let's go back to Rob Guest being dead. <laughs> <laughs> and that is the Box Cutters News. Hey, this is James Talia, and you're listening to the spot where you can find out everything good, bad, and otherwise on your box. It's the Box Cutters. Now... Hey, James Talia is now a celebrity person telling me I'm listening to Box Cutters. Isn't this, this a bit, you know, eating its own ass? He... <laughs> Like the snake eats its own ass. <laughs> it's an expression people um, use all the time. <laughs> uh, I, I believe it was uh, pop eating itself. 
John. That uh, anyway. yeah, like pop eating his own ass. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of pop eating its own ass, I still have not seen uh, the uh, the uh, Top Gear Australia. So in in my mind, it's still potentially really really good. No. <laughs> Oh, well, would, what a great sequel that was. Would you well, really, we, we were hoping you to keep your dream alive. No, but, we were... but seriously, and, and, and regular Box Cutters uh, listeners will, will know that uh, we've always expected it to be crap Top Gear. And uh, no surprises. Uh, the, the, possibly the, our worst expectations were confirmed. The thing that surprised me a bit was I, I wouldn't have thought if you were going to do a, a local version of a show that is that famous, I would have thought you'd try and find its own flavour. But it seems to yeah. like they've they've tried to just duplicate not only you know the hosts and their their, their sort of um, the way that they react to each other, mm-hmm. but it's also it's the same theme tunes, the same credits, and you're going. It's they've they, they've perfectly uh, reproduced the Top Gear studio. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, it's what you would do if you were selling it to a to a, a country that speaks a different language that you couldn't play the original in, and it's never seen mind. the original. and it's never seen the original. That's what I would have thought the point. But I don't kind of get the idea of just trying to reproduce it because surely you just try and get, try, surely you try and get a new dynamic with, and a new way of. If see, doing I would it. I would understand it if a non SBS station had bought it. Mm-hmm. So say Channel Seven bought Top Gear. Yeah, they would try to recreate it perfectly and going with the assumption the audience has never seen has it. never seen it because yeah. Channel Seven believes nobody watches SBS, mm-hmm. and they're mostly right, but. Uh, but Top Gear being one of the most popular shows on SBS, you would think that uh, they would go, well, hang on, we've already got a show that's exactly like this. Why don't we make it a little bit more football, meat pies, kangaroos and holding cars? Yeah. But uh, apparently not. Apparently they, uh, they're they even trying to give yeah. them the same haircuts. Off the top of our head, can we, can we actually think of any any uh, sort of show in which this has worked because I know that every time they've tried the English ones like um, uh, the, the what not to wear here. or for yeah, example yeah. The Office uh, oh, no, well but, but I'm thinking more in that kind of that reality kind of one here so the idea of yeah they tried to do an Australian version of what not to wear which is based around Trudy and Susanna having this you know really fantastic great personality and it just didn't work um, or they did try and do something slightly different with that one they tried to do the queer uh-huh. eye for the straight guy for five episodes or whatever that was. So so a non-game show, so we can't count Idol or... No, I'm thinking about more of those, yeah, the reality ones, so, which are a, a, a magazine-style format or, yep. you know, those kind of... So, And it seems to me that I, I can think of people having attempted them here, and I can't think of any that were actually successful. And I'm not quite sure... Yeah, not without the, uh, you know, the... The, uh, uh, the game element of it. yeah. Uh, Jamie opening up 13 in Melbourne and having the reality series oh, based yeah. around Actually, that. Actually, look, that, that kind of worked, but again, it's the same person. It's the same it? person. The same, doing the same, the same gig. Uh, yeah. No, I... Because uh... the problem is these shows are, 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 to my mind, generally built around the people. You know, it's not like you go, let's do Top Gear and then we'll go and find Jamie... Um, uh, sorry, Jeremy... Clarkson. Uh, Clarkson. Clarkson. Like, you know, you go... Wow, that guy's a wanker. Let's build a show around him. Yeah, that's that's what that's what you do. And the same with you know, um, you, you have your, your Trini and Susannas and go. Let's build a fashion show around them. Yeah, you know, you've, you've got the queer after the straight guy one. Maybe that was a bit more calculated. I'm not sure, but again, I'm sure they probably already had like Carson Kresley or whoever in their sights first and built the show. 
but they but but they didn't expect it to be anywhere near as big as it actually was. No, probably not. But I still think the show was built around the person. And now we have this weird thing here where we'll take the show and try and do the Australian version by taking the people out, the people the whole show is based around, and then just whacking in, you know, the local person. I think. Have that's you heard the uh, Have you heard the Scottish version of uh, of box cutters? It's very. <laughs> It's very much ex- exactly. They've tried to do exactly the same thing, exactly the same as us. And does it work? Uh, no, no, not very popular there at all. No, no. <laughs> so what? What else was wrong I with like the, bread? the local version? Um, I, I think that Charlie Cox, which is the the Australian version of uh, Jeremy Clarkson, is possibly the most unlikable TV host I've ever seen. Um, Clarkson, <laughs> but is, isn't I, that the point of Jeremy? Clarkson? Well, in, uh, Clarkson in in the UK is a right wing, petrol headed, climate change denier. But at, at least he he has the ability to deliver insightful kind of commentary on on the cars he's test driving on to camera while he's actually doing it. And be funny into the bargain of that. But Cox just is just the most painful wanker I think that I've seen that I remember and has none of that, that ability to kind of break through that and be be engaging in spite of that. Can mm-hmm. can I remind you of Mike Munro? No No, he's even more unlikable than Mike Munro. Wow. Yeah, absolutely. Like by a by a large percentage. Wow. So, so bad hosts. Bad host. Lack of He's innovation. I like. I like Warren Brown. I have liked, enjoyed Warren Brown's work previously. So, doing uh, the the odd insiders. Um, I can't even think what it's called now. With where they did the political cartoon. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Wrap up. Um, Talk, talking pictures. Yes, and uh, and his uh, performance on a difference of opinion. Uh, which was kind of painful, but he was still quite likable to his uh, to his transcontinental uh, old jalopy series that was on the ABC. Uh, Late Leyland Brothers. No, no. Uh, Peking to to Paris. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. yep. Um, so so he's quite likable, but a dag. I think more more of a dag than uh, James May is mm-hmm. in the UK one. Um, I think they've got the the Richard Hammond clone <laughs> done pretty well. I can't even think of his name at the moment. Um, but uh, some of the production values on it were were kind of missing. Obviously, think, with the franchise too, though, fee, if, if you're copying that one, you well, know, yeah, yeah, we're going to know whether the the production values are shoddier than. But obviously, with the the franchise fee, they've they've uh, been given the the filters that they use and and given the mm-hmm. the kind of plans for the big wide shot with the car zooming across the horizon yeah. and that sort of stuff. But then when it comes back to the studio, you've got the shakiest handheld stuff that I've I've seen. And um, that there was they had uh, a, some high performance car in the studio that uh, Warren Brown started up for like two seconds before Charlie Toad had told him to turn it off. Um, but uh, with the close-ups of him through the windshield, they actually had to blur something out on the windshield. Okay. And what was what was it? Do you know what they had to I don't, blur out? I don't know. Maybe it was a dealer's sticker or... Some, yeah. Some but there was crap or... There was like a, a blur there, which is, you know, you'd never see it on the UK one. And yeah. why are they bothering doing it here? Or, you know, get a bit more prep in than what, take it what off. What was the Australian now, Stig like? No, it's the Stig. Is it the, the same Stig? stig? Did they actually bring him over? over? Yeah. Oh, I didn't realise that. I thought it was just one pretending to be stick. Mm, oh, mm. I, I feel corrected. Didn't yes, I? that was a surprise. The uh, uh, now, Brett, is, is it is this completely doomed? 
as a series, or is it possible that it was just first episode disappointment? Like, it, it could, could it? I mean, as regular it, listeners is it know, unrecoverable? we we have the law of the magic three. The law of the magic three. <laughs> oh. Brett's oh. magic law of three. I didn't realize which uh, which dictates. That's uh, of a new series. You've got to watch three episodes before you can actually make a proper uh, review of it. So another two, another two episodes. Another two episodes. There's one that's um, going to air as we're recording right now. Yep. And uh, there were there were big media releases from SBS over the week about uh, the the biggest ever audience that they've had for a locally produced show on SBS. Um, the, I think that uh, the trade off for destroying all their their programming for the last two months uh, for that. Uh, maybe maybe not the best deal that they could get next week. Well, this week, as we are recording, they're doing the uh, the Ford versus Holden death match. Um, beyond that, I can't see more than twenty percent of that original viewership staying tuned. Oh, predictions from Brett Crapley. Hmm. <laughs> John Richards, you're a mentalist. I am a mentalist. I'm going off. You're going off. Going off. The yeah. mentalist started last Sunday night on Channel 9. And it's not about people going to raves on the east end of London, as I assumed it was mm-hmm. from the title. Um, I've got to say, it's, it's the worst title in the world. It is a terrible title. <laughs> it's dreadful. I've watched the first two episodes, um, so I'm two-thirds of the way towards the law. <laughs> <laughs> so hopefully they won't arrest me as long as I watch one more. Um it's funny because the second episode actually starts off with a title card explaining what the title means. It actually comes up with the mentalist, noun, and um, gives this little description that it's basically yeah, a psychic, a stage psychic. Oh, I missed that one. I, I was watching it on Shell of BT. Um, it's only in the second uh, episode. It wasn't okay. on the first one. Yeah. Um, so and obviously stars, by the second episode they've gone, oh, hang on. It stars uh, Astra- Australia's own The Guardian. Yes, Australia's own mm. The Guardian from East Street to L.A., Bless him. Oh, is he in East Street? He wasn't. I've East never Street. understood where he came from. I looked him up. He was in a bunch of you know, sort of soapy stars. I mean, to me, I only really know him through Land of the Dead, the, the George Romero film, which um, I think is pretty good. People, yeah, take that in the eye, zombie Land of the Dead deniers. Um, Who didn't like Land of the Dead? Apparently, it's, it's it's considered to be one of one of the most minor entries in the um, in the Dead franchise. Oh well, it's it's no it's no Dawn of the Dead, but. It's no Dawn of the Dead, but it's 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 more of a Day of the Dead, and it's much better than Diary of the Dead. That's what I feel. Diary of the Dead, I haven't seen. Yes. Anyway, it's so- much better than Seven Brides for Seven Brothers of the Dead as well. That one's terrible. <laughs> 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 uh, it's a wacky gag. Um, the Mentalist. Now, it's it's a show about uh, a man played by Simon Baker who was a stage. It was a fake psychic. He used to do the whole mm. kind of, you know, uh, there's someone with pain here in the audience. Yeah, you've lost someone. Um, who now works for the Californian Bureau of Investigation, mm. real or fake? The CBI. I, I don't know. It sounds fake, but there you go. And um, because the whole basis is that he's such uh, an observant person that he can kind of determine He has things. formidable powers of observation. Formidable powers of observation. Now, the interesting thing about The Mentalist, having watched two episodes, is that I really enjoyed it, and I suspect it's terrible. <laughs> like I got to the end of it going, I'm actually enjoying this show. I will quite happily watch this show, but I suspect it might be a really bad show, especially in the, the police procedural part of it. 
Well, look at let's look at the first scene, mm. shall we? Where, oh, where, I, I love the first scene. Though. <laughs> this is this is a good example of, of the very first episode. Where yeah? you've got we, we, you've got a couple who have lost their daughter. Well, she's been missing for a while, and she's turned up dead in the house next door, um, with the, the full staging and PA set up for them to do their little media media uh, conference. <laughs> yeah, what is what is with that? And he observes that while the husband is trying to cuddle the wife, she's pushing away in a very peppy Le esque manner, mm. going, "No, no, I do not love." And he has formidable powers of observation. So he goes inside and makes himself a sandwich, puts the kettle on, gets a couple of tea bags ready for her to come in because he completely expected her to come in. And what a cup of tea. I'm so, I love this scene. I actually thought it was a gorgeous, gorgeous scene. So she comes in, and he basically is having this chat with her going on yeah. from the bureau. And from this and point, it was okay, just yeah. up until that point. And, and you know, problems. Okay, that's true. I actually really like that, because the whole scene is you're going, what the hell is this man doing? And he's presented as a crazy kind of type. Yeah, um, he's presented as... when. In that scene, when mm-hmm. he go when he goes into you know he goes into this this woman who clearly is in mourning for her daughter, uh, and he goes into her house, into her kitchen, mm. opens her fridge, makes himself a sandwich. I've gone clearly. He's a mentalist. But, that is, but, <laughs> but it's a really powerful opening, because emotionally, where they're going, what the hell are you doing in this woman's house? And of course, she comes in, and he says, hey, how you doing? Oh, your daughter's dead. Oh, that's a bad thing. You want, want a cup of tea? You want a cup of tea? Here it is. So why do you think your husband killed her? And, um, and then, of course, eventually she shoots the husband, and he dies. Now, um, and that's, that's, of course. That's, that's almost like a pre-credits bit. That has never kind of gone back to again. Um, and I was going to say the whole, the thing I really enjoy about the show is the bits where he is is talking. The character moments I think are really lovely, like where he'll just do some interesting stuff or he explains how something works. The police procedural stuff seems to make no sense whatsoever. And the end of every oh, he's episode, a maverick. he is a maverick. But so the end of every episode, he seems to point randomly at someone and go, "It was him. He's the murderer. <laughs> Why not?" You know? And um, and it just seems so bewildering that, that the thing it's meant to be, the crime series, I didn't believe remotely, but I kind of really liked the character. His, and I was enjoying his all the character bits. is really good. Mm. Uh, and I like the woman too, the, the woman who's his boss, who's the offsider. They do have, and then they've given him like three other teammates who seem to do virtually nothing. And in the second episode, they're, they're a little bit desperately trying to shoehorn them into the plot. So. I think possibly they're a bit stuck with with too many characters, but they're still good characters, so good moments. Like in that first episode where um, he talks about how one of the guys is going to try and, and make a move on on the other woman in the team, on the new chick, on the yeah. new chick. And I love that scene in the elevator with the two of them there, and it's just massively uncomfortable. In this moment, we're not quite sure where it's going to go. I was really impressed with stuff like that, but but yeah, the actual plotting bit. See, so there, is, there is, are only a few things you can do with a character like that, though. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can you can either turn him into a, a police procedural uh, helper like Monk, yeah. right? You can uh, put him in a highway to heaven situation where he notices things and helps people He's, along the way. He does a bit magic. He does seem to be a bit of a you know. A but the uh, but but the thing that I would find most interesting is uh, having a drama about his personal life because no doubt being the the sort of person that he is. Uh, it would be very hard for him to have relationships. See, and, the, the and I think a, a drama like that would be really interesting. See, the funny thing is, Josh, that I completely disagree with you. No, because um, the, the first episode, part of the whole thing is that his wife and child have been killed by the serial killer. Um, oh, who, I forgot about that whole serial, that whole serial killer, killer thing. Yes. Red I, John. Red, Red John. And I'm finding myself going, 
wow, I really hope this doesn't come back to the series because I'm so not interested in this plot line. And it's kind of sort of finished off at the end and it feels almost like they'll never refer to it again after that, right? I kind of thinking this is actually 21st century Columbo, which no one's really referring to, with him doing a lot of the kind of... Oh, he's, he's talking oh, about yeah, it. One, one, one more thing. Yeah, one more thing. Can I just check? Did you kill her? You did! You! Ah, <laughs> episode's over. Yeah, and... Um, <laughs> So, yeah, I don't know. It was a really weird experience to watch well, two episodes. I haven't seen the second episode, but the first episode was very much like that. But with with time given to the bad guy to explain exactly why he'd done what he'd done. The second episode's like that, but without the scene where the bad guy explains why the hell he's doing it. It's it's so random, the second episode. You're going, really? That's that's the end of it? And I kind of feel like it, it should only have the two characters. And I, I was wondering, I read uh, an interview with, I've just forgotten his name again. It's Josh's favourite TV maker. Alan Ball. Alan Ball, um, in which he was talking about uh, True Blood, the vampire series he's doing. It's based on a series of books, and the character played by Anna Paquin should effectively be... Silky Steakhouse. Silky Steakhouse should be in every scene, except that you just can't do that on American television the way it's filmed you just it's not possible to have a have a, an actor apparently in a in every scene anymore and I found myself wondering because they're doing a lot of second unit stuff I, I think it's more just people saying because they're very long days and I think because yeah it used to be like an English show for example might, might only spend a few hours taping after weeks of rehearsal an American show is doing 12 hour shooting days for you know 10 days for an episode and I kind of found myself wondering with the mentalist whether or not you kind of have to have three extra people in the team just to be able to shoot, you know, stuff which doesn't have Simon Baker in it. Mm. So it's uh, it's the show's uh, fall down is uh, poor preparation. Well, more just that, that the way that that film that you that you film telly in America now, perhaps uh, it's moved against. You can't have a single lead character anymore. Perhaps it's just not possible with the, the way. Yeah, shooting structures work. So you suddenly end up with all these bonus extra characters who have to have stuff to do, even though there's not really any reason to have them in the show at all. But it's either that or cutting to some puppets for a few minutes. While <laughs> <laughs> well, it's interesting that you say that because while you were saying that, I was thinking of shows that have done that. And the only one recently I can really think of is In Treatment uh, mm-hmm. with Gary Byrne. Which, uh, if you heard us talking about it, and uh, you remember that uh, Ross and I had a, a big fight and both walked away crying, because uh, <laughs> it was like the first time we disagreed on a show ever. Uh, the uh, It's showing now on Showcase. Mm-hmm. So, if you've got the cable television uh, and, uh, and you've got Showcase on top of that, then uh, you will be able to see uh, I mean, In are, Treatment. It's there are uh, weeknights. Shows. Yeah, there are shows with lead characters like House, for example. You know, but uh, but uh, he's he's not in every. every but again, scene. yeah, I think if you break it down, you'll see that, that there's always now quite a large ensemble cast of American shows. And I kind of wondered with with the Mentalist whether it would have been better if it could have just been him and the the female boss, who I think is really good in the show. But yeah, it was fascinating. I thought to watch it, going, I think the show might actually suck, but I'm really enjoying <laughs> it. So I'm not I'm not sure. But what, what did you think then of the one episode that you? Um, I did enjoy it. I'll, I'll sit. Well, I think that I'll happily sit through the Law of Three, mm-hmm. um, and it used uh, to just be a rule. Get to, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Get back to you after that. But um, before that, it was a suggestion. Yeah, but yeah, then Bud Tingle passed at that court. And, <laughs> but like, you know. it's 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 not a million miles away from just another version of Psych uh, with an Australia's own mm-hmm. uh, who can pull a good angsty. Far away look face. Oh, it's so much more entertaining than Psych, though. Psych really? was I terrible. Psych. Oh, not me. 
I, I never mean, saw Psych. I, must I was disappointed I, I, that Ten kind of walked away from it. It's coming back. I think I read the, the, the new series. Over the Psych summer when there's coming, less competition. Well, no, I, th- I think oddly enough they're trying to cash in on the mentalist now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so here's a show ripping off Psych. Let's bring Psych back and go, look, it's like the mentalist. I thought so Psych was the, lots of fun. Is the mentalist going to be Sunday nights uh, ongoing on Channel 9? Uh, I, I do not know. Extreme fast track. Yes, um, it was so fast tracked to my computer. That's what I saw. <laughs> I don't know about. Well, uh, that will... so, the, so the second episode in the states went to where Sunday week actually, ago. Yes, it, it actually was, it was on but air. Then they, days they've after. got a couple of breaks. Yeah, but is it going to be Sunday nights on Channel Nine? It'll be next Sunday night. Yes. Okay, it will be next Sunday night on Channel Nine. And then Channel Nine will discover they can't actually download the next one because it's a break. <laughs> so, so God knows what will happen the week after. Cut. That's the worst coma acting I've ever seen. Is it my imagination or is TV getting worse? Ah, uh, this show ain't no good. That was so terrible, I think you gave me cancer. Oh, look out, Smithers! <laughs> I love this show. Just quickly, uh, in Crow TV, and while we were speaking about The Mentalist, uh, that is fast-tracked on Channel 9. There are a couple of other shows that are going to be fast-tracked on Channel 10. I think they're, uh, they're going to show Supernatural. Uh, fast I believe they're and, seriously fast-tracking uh, from the ads I've seen. They're seriously fast-tracking. But that doesn't mean that it's any faster than normal fast-tracking. No, it's, seriously it's just fast-tracking. Because it's on Channel 10, everything's seriously. Yes, it just means the gentleman is doing it with a very somber face. He's thinking of Rob Guest. Looking angsty. Gentlemen, how would you spell fast-tracked? Uh, two words or mm-hmm. hyphenated with uh, two T's in the middle. Right. That, that, that's how I would have gone. I like a hyphen I, myself. I would have gone, gone hyphen, F-A-S-T, hyphen, mm. Tracked. Yeah. I'm not spelling the second one. But both Channel 10 and Channel 9, well, in, in a way that I can only think is so much the same that it must be collusion, a, spe- <laughs> a spelling fast-tracked as one word with one T. Well, yeah, it's fast. It's so fast there's no time for two yes, T's. Exactly. It's there. And it's double T's look funny. Which is why you put a hyphen in between them. It's fast tracked. That just makes it slower, Josh. Are they pu- are they there's putting- no time for yeah. hyphens. Are they putting in italics as well so you get the idea that it's really fast tracked? <laughs> <laughs> Can't even stand up. It's speeding along. <laughs> With a little I racing just, stripe. I just think that's terrible. I, I think, I think the, the idea that uh, they would just invent a word that was already a hyphenated word. Why? Why do that? <laughs> I... I just I could I could not believe it. They, oh. I tell you what, I'm curious to see with the whole fast tracking thing, and um, yeah, whether or not this happens. But we've already seen like you know, 90210, for example. We've taken it off. It's already gone to second series in America, so it's obviously popular enough in America. Not well, that been, popular. It, it's been given. A second it's been given series, so, series. but yeah. yeah, but obviously it's popular there. Not that popular here. I'm kind of curious to see if it happens the other way around, where one of these fast track shows becomes like a smash hit here. You know, people going, "We love the Mentalist," you know, and then you know gets axed five oh, episodes there, in. The there US. were Wonder Woman uh, was not that popular here. Wasn't doing well. Wonder, uh, Wonder Woman. Wonder Woman. Sorry, Bionic Woman. Woman. I don't think Jericho uh, was that popular here. Either. Jericho was a little bit popular here, but not not that much. But there have been there have been shows. I can't think of any off the top of my head. Mm-hmm. But there have been shows that were popular here, and uh, and just because uh, they weren't popular enough in the states, we never got a, a, another season. And and the producers actually actually acknowledged that and went, "We know that it's popular elsewhere in the world, but we uh, just can't get the money." money. I remember as a kid that the ABC would occasionally show Quark, which was a, a, 
a comedy sitcom, science fiction comedy sitcom, sort of parody of, of um, Star Trek, about a, uh, Richard Benjamin played the captain of a ship that went through space collecting rubbish. Yes. It was a, like a rubbish truck comedy mm-hmm. thing. Turns out it was actually just like a mid-season replacement thing that was so low that in America it got finished after six episodes. There's only about six or so episodes. And the ABC used to occasionally play it, and it's really funny. And I'm well, at least it was when I was you know ten. <laughs> maybe it's maybe it's not so funny now. <laughs> um, but I remember the thing that's fascinating: this show that Americans would never even remember had existed was at least enough in our our cultural consciousness for it. Actually, the goodies did the same thing. The goodies were never ever repeated in England. Like really, that never repeated. And they were known as being a kind of comedy gods in a, of a sort because they were very popular. But the shows never got repeated. And I was working at the National Film Theatre when they came in to do with the first of those sort of reunion gigs. And it was basically cues of Australians out the door because, <laughs> you know, we, we can quote it word for word. And they've, they've talked about that being Australia, this weird place where they were phenomenally successful. That's, it's bizarre. That's like uh, Let the Blood Run Free uh, was not very successful mm-hmm. in Australia but got a second series because it was hugely successful in Germany. In Germany, a German television demanded a second series. Yes, and so we got to see a second series because Channel 10 had nothing else to show, but uh, but only because it was so successful in Germany. Mm. Uh, yeah, that never happens with American shows. If they're successful in other countries, it never happens. Heartbreak Heat was the same, uh, which I think was big Heartbreak in the UK. High. Heartbreak High. Or- yeah, 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 this... One was a series and one was a movie. Heartbreak Heartbreak, was the movie. Heartbreak High also changed channels, which is weird. It went to the ABC, which is very strange. It started off as a commercial It started off on Channel 10 as a Mm. one-hour drama and then went to the ABC as a half-hour drama. Mm -hmm. Uh, And still worked. Yes. Which was was bizarre. Uh, So, anyway, that's my crap TV. Well, I'm not sure if that's as crap as uh, Channel 7 uh, going into cross-promotion overload with uh, the Emmy success of 30 Rock and then changing (laughs) nights. Yes, and then, hey, surprise. uh, Get get rid of it. Assholes. Good evening, viewers. This is Sandra Sultry. I've been playing with my box on the box gutters. The uh, middleman. We mentioned it. You like it's that? So classy this show. Isn't it? <laughs> Have you noticed that we mentioned the middleman throughout the show? Yay! References to middleman the throughout the show. Middleman is uh, about Wendy Watson, who is a young photogenic artist who works terrible temp jobs in order to pay her rent and keep her in a position to pursue her art. When a giant monster appears at her workplace, Wendy is completely unfazed. A man comes to take care of the monster, acting like it's his job, and Wendy remains completely unfazed. The man is the middleman, (coughs) and his job is to take care of, quote, exotic problems, end quote. And Wendy's nonchalance about her situation catches his eye and soon he recruits her to be a middleman in training. That's the premise of the show. He's this guy. The middleman is this guy who takes care of bizarre problems. These might be uh, scientists who've who've created mutant monsters. It might be giant gorillas. It might be uh, alien boy bands who want to take over the world. But even even simply, it's basically Men in Black, isn't it? It's it's Men in Black for television, and I've got to say, I think a lot funnier than Men in Black. So much funnier than Men in Black. Now, it's uh, created by Javier Grigio... 
Grigio Marx watch. Grigio Marx watch. Yep. It's bizarre. But that's not how it's spelt. Yeah. Well, it is, it is in your South American, Latin, Latino, Spanish-esque. Living people, in America. People yeah. will remember that name but not recognize it. Uh from the credits of Lost, where uh, he was a, a co-producer and often a writer. He also co-wrote uh, or co-created the uh, character of Middleman as a comic uh, about uh, five years ago. Mm-hmm. And uh, and so has turned it into a television series. Actually, it's even weirder than that because I, I, I yeah, did a bit of reading. He actually wrote it as a TV pilot, um, which no one was interested in. So then he turned it into a comic. Right. And then got to develop the comic for television, which presumably didn't take him much time. Well, so that was quite interesting because because of the way that they deal with uh, profanity on the show, um, I had wondered before it ended up at ABC Family in the States if it had been shopped around to a number of other networks without uh, such, such a clean-up. I don't, I don't think so. I think the clean-up is, is part of the joke. I think that's... Uh, now, now this, this is the thing. Middleman is a very straight middle... Straight down the middle, clean-living kind of a guy. You know who you reminded me of? Uh, Briscoe County Jr. No, the Mountie from Due South. Oh, yeah, yeah. I can oh, see. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's definitely got some I got a lot of South feeling of, about yeah. it. Yeah. It, it reminded me a lot of both of, of Batman and the Monkeys. From yeah, you know, had a very for me very sixties kind of thing. I wouldn't have been at all surprised if, if the women had run was out a bit before my time. Well, but yeah, uh, but, if, but if women had run out into the onto the set and started go go dancing, I would have you know, <laughs> been absolutely fine with that because I think it would have fit the program perfect. It, it does because it's it, it is it has the uh, obscurity and surrealism that the monkeys had. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's got the cartooning feel that the that the Batman series and even like had. the art department, beautiful design all the way through it, which is it's, gorgeous, but also quite cartoony. There is that cartoony feel all the way through it. Now, I'm, I'm not going to mention any of the actors' names because they've never really appeared in anything before. But uh, Wendy Watson, uh, the the uh, girl who plays Wendy Watson, is great, and uh, and she's a good, strong female protagonist as well, which is. Uh, so rare a, a, a lot of the time. Middleman is also a, a fantastic character. And if this show has... If it would only have one thing going for it, it would be that the characters are really strong, really well-developed, know exactly where they stand in the story and exist in that space in the story throughout. But it's got so much more. Firstly, it's got Ida, who is a, a computer but the most surly robotic computer. She's got uh, stuck in domineering school mom. Apparently she's meant to be a shape-changing robot who got stuck at one point. And, yes. yes. And, and uh, it was interesting that the middleman knew about that, but then the 60s one wasn't surprised that she had that attitude. I think, I think she was meant to be stuck in that for quite some time, I thought was the indication. I don't know. But then again, it's the show He seemed to be explaining it that, that he knew her before she was so surly. Oh, okay. And then she became... Well, regardless, maybe you know, bit, I'm not. I'm maybe not, it's a bit like the Phantom. I'm not looking. I'm not looking to. There are different middlemen. <laughs> I'm going to say this is the geekiest program in the world in the most amazing way possible. <laughs> it's because it is. It is 100 comic book geek. This this show. But that it, but, that being said, it is the sort of show that everybody can enjoy because it mm. does have something for everybody. It's got a little bit of crime fighting. Mm-hmm. It's got a little little bit of procedural drama. It's got a little bit of. Uh, uh, postmodern Buffy style language going yeah, on. It's very funny, and and this referencing is really funny as well because there'll be things like, 
like really direct referencing to, to you know, like a plot of something or, or whatever. And then there'll be like these names. Every episode seems to have a theme where you'll realise all the names are from the Back to the Future movies yes. or, or all the names come from Ooh, Escape from New York. Oh, I yeah, picked yeah, up yeah. on Escape from New York. Yeah, Escape from New York. There's one episode where they all come from Doctor Who. And it's kind of just really fun, this, this insane level of, of, you know, and there's things like the very first episode when he asks Wendy whether she wants to come and work with him. She has this little dream sequence thing, which is effectively the credits of the black and white series of the Avengers. Yes. And you're going, that's just bizarre. <laughs> that's such a specific kind of joke to spend a, a minute on on television. That's just... It's it's really bizarre, but so completely entertaining. And there's, those little reference things remind me of... Uh, I don't know if you're a fan of Supernatural, John. Right, uh, yeah, yeah, but not the, a, yeah. See, I, I love Supernatural. I think it's a, it's a great show. And, and one of the little things that I really enjoy in Supernatural is whenever the brothers go to somebody's house to, uh, to investigate some kind of spookiness and they're pretending to be cops or from some, some authority. They've got different IDs. They're always uh, some kind of... Uh, hard rock or heavy metal famous right. duo. Yeah. So, uh, hi, I'm Detective Page and this is Detective Plant from... And it's right. just, it's yeah, just yeah. little things like that where you go, ah, I get that reference and I pick it up. Miracle Man... Uh, Miracle Man. Middle Man has another thing too where it kind of... There are those... Re- re- um repeated gags there's these running gags throughout it that, so the more you watch the more you feel part of the show so things like every um, crazy mad scientist they meet no matter how insane their plan is it says, is sheer elegance in its, its simplicity. simplicity and it's this line that everyone ever says and when they, they there's an episode where um, Kevin Sorbo from Hercules plays the 60s middleman who's been cryogenically frozen <laughs> as you do I couldn't pick where I yeah. knew him from he gets, um, he gets thawed out and he's, he's saying do they still always say it's sheer elegance in its simplicity yeah yeah, they still do, <laughs> which I absolutely love. It's great. It's it's great, and I, I love the Wendy Watson uh, lives. Uh, she rents an illegal sublet with an equally photogenic young artist, and uh, and this is the other thing as well. The captions, the captions are hilarious. Yes. These little yeah, like X Filesy things telling you where and when they are, and but they're they're in two dimensions and not giant at all. <laughs> <They're afloat. laughs> it's great, uh, and, and they uh, but they they themselves are really entertaining. I found myself. Uh, rewinding it and going, oh, now I need to read exactly what that said because I because they're timestamps. But uh, you know, one episode they might be, it might be timestamps, but it will say you know, might be military time, mil- or- military yeah. time, or it might it might be uh, just a different country. So the the time they're showing, but it's a, a different country. It so was, was one I really liked no where sense. Um, that they've shrunk Wendy to stick her into Ida's head. It's a, a rip up of, of Fantastic. And I was this wrong. Fantastic Fan- Journey, Fantastic Voyage, Fantastic Voyage. Fantastic Voyage. And the captions come up saying, um, you yeah, know, inside Ida's head, Wendy has been shrunk. And they go, oh, yeah. And there's a little moment and it says, it's just like Fantastic Voyage. <laughs> <laughs> Like the show itself admits what it's ripping off. I thought it was hilariously funny. It, it is. A, it is a great show. Uh, I was there is three episodes in. I was convinced it's been cancelled already. Like I was enjoying it so much. I thought this show has obviously been cancelled. And, and it had. It, it did have fourteen episodes, and it was cut down to twelve episodes uh, for screening. It was screening on ABC Family over the summer, so they already didn't have high hopes for it. Uh, the the thing is, it is a really, really good show and we need to get it, the it, word out it there. It is probably on the wrong channel. I must admit, I was kind of... Because ABC Family, I think, is probably not the best home for this show. Well, yeah, it's a, it's a, fa- it, it, it's a family cable channel and it has other shows like Greek and, uh, and a, a, f- a few other things yeah. that just aren't 
great. I was, I was hoping one of us was going to hate it because I thought for the viewer at home, it's probably a bit boring. It's listener at home that we've just, the three of us just spent how much time gushing about how fantastic the show is. But it really is fantastic. It's such a great show. I sent, I sent an email through the ABC family you know, response thing to ask if it had cancelled. Yeah, I tried to sound like I was a 12-year-old girl in California, but I don't <laughs> think I really pulled it off. Um, but yeah, nothing. I got nothing back. I think there does seem to be a vibe that they haven't decided whether or not to cancel yeah. it yet. And, yeah. uh, and it, it will really depend on, uh, on how popular, I, w- I would say, DVD sales are. Mm-hmm. So if it does come out and you see it on Amazon, buy it because you're not going to be disappointed uh, and I'll tell you as, as soon as I've discovered that it's uh, that it's av- available on Amazon, so you can go and buy it because I, I would say every sale counts uh, DVD wise for for the continuation of this show, and it is such a fun show. Mm. Now I think there's various petitions around uh, for it not to be cancelled, but also some talk that maybe if ABC Family don't take it up, then the Sci Fi Channel might take it up over there. Also, uh, the website is amazing for it. It's got uh, these. Uh, d- all these podcasts of, uh, of uh, what's his face? Um, Harvey, oh, Harvey. Harvey, Harvey casts. I, um, I found one, which is his, his blog, his middle blog. Mm-hmm. Um, there seems to be so many websites. I'm not quite sure how they all link together, but this one he'd gone through for a bunch of the episodes and listed every single reference in the shows. So oh, you wow. could look through and find every name and every, you know, all right. and that was fun. Well, well apparently uh, there's footage of, of around the, the writer's table as they were doing a read through for it and, We'll put links to all of that on the boxcutters.net site. It's Middleman. You can't see it in Australia, but you can if you've got the internet. Hooray! You got a postman. I have a letter. Did you read it? You're a godsend. Savior. No, I'm, I'm just postman. The postman. The postman. The postman. John Richards, you uh, you said, can we do letters to box cutters this week? I did say that because we have such lovely, lovely box cutter out is, there. What is what is what is the collective word for one who who listens to box cutters? Do we have a, a member of the box cutters family? <sighs> well, that's boring. Our box cutters brothers, but we and spell sisters. it with only one T <laughs> to make it go faster. I think we need a term. I think I think you know people who listen to box cutters should have a. Have a word to make them feel like you know they're mindless zombies. Anyway, well, well, um, how we how we have traditionally done it is yeah. to give them their own little box cutters names. Mm-hmm. Like, so, like, well, we, so we you, haven't actually told you that you are now Jobo. No, you're not. You're John Boxcutter. <laughs> Jobo. John Boxcutter. <laughs> I'm Brevo. You, you can be whatever you want. Oh, actually, no. You're both Jobos. No, Jeez. I'm Josh. You Jabo, and he's Jabo, John. Jobo. So anyway, I've been reading the lovely, lovely comments left by the lovely, lovely people on the website. I don't respond to them as I feel that's a bit beneath me. But, <laughs> <laughs> but I like to read them. Um, that uh, that, that was gonna, so Noel Ferrier of you. That's going to come back and bite me in the ass, isn't it? Um, I, uh, so I, th- I thought we should uh, address just a few things that have been commented on. Um, the lovely Cat Brain has mentioned um, in regards to my Doctor Who referencing that she thinks there's only three specials in total next year, not four. And that's kind of correct, I think, because there are four specials in total, but one of those will be the Christmas special from this so year. technically this year. Yeah, although the, the no one's quite sure when they're going to be played, so the second special might actually be New Year's Eve as well, so there may well be two at the end of this year and, and then two next year. Uh, in which case Cat Brain's wrong! Well, I think we're all right, is what I'm trying to say. Oh. In a way, we're hey, all 
Right. Hey, you're all right. I'm all right. Yeah. So there, there are there are confirmed four in total of some form at the moment. But yeah, one of those is definitely for Christmas. Um, not for life, just for Christmas. <laughs> Um, another thing someone mentioned, because I mentioned last week, I wasn't sure whether or not we were allowed to mention that we all illegally download. And there was... Uh, None of us do that. We all legally download. We legally download. We pay money What we to, can through iTunes. Yeah. And, and Cal, no, I, oh, totally, I totally download stuff from BitTorrent. Really? What? Yeah, 100%. Josh. How was well, what so I've seen middle, middleman? Josh, that's going to get a they fact free... on your ass. A fact uh, will come down. This is actually... Well, in. you know what? I buy the DVDs. Of, of the shows that I like. So, you know, they're getting the money. Well, again, Cat Brain, she, she put through a link from, um, it was an article that was in the Green Guide, not the Thursday's past, but the one before, mm. about um, how, basically was saying how Australian copyright bodies aren't going after individual users. They're more interested in looking at the people who are, you know, uploading and, and making all, all the trouble in the first place. Or but, burning which, DVDs and selling them at Caribbean markets. Which, so. makes, which makes a lot more sense uh, <laughs> that they would go after the people who actually start the circle rather than people who are just doing it because it's available. That is true. Um, but I also wanted to part of this link here that um, Cat Brain put in, which is a quote from Adrienne Picotic of the Australian Federation Against Copyright Theft. And this is actually just a bit of a... I mean, I was planning to email and, and didn't get time. There's a quote here from her saying that we must uh, you know, crack down on this. It's a very damaging activity. It caused $92 million worth of damage to the film industry in 2005 in Australia alone. Now, my question is, $92 million? Like, the, it's just, where does that come where from? Where does that come from? It's just such a random kind of number. Like, how can you determine what damage is being caused by downloading? Well, they they try and think of the biggest number that they can, and, and then take eight off it, so it doesn't sound. Yeah, <laughs> and that's their figure. Because also ninety two, it sounds that thing of of you know putting a number on it to try and make it sound more kind of real. Yeah, it, yeah, and it's you know what people didn't go to see Australian films at the cinema. Is that is that what you mean? Because that hasn't changed. <laughs> and then finally, I just wanted to mention lovely Lindel um, Lindel box cutter. Lindel box cutter has put here. Um, uh, said she was digging me a lot until the whole I love to spoil TV plots and kick over kids sandcastles thing. Um, so I just want to quit, quickly, because there was some controversy about that, about my spoilers. Mm. My point with the spoilers, I was saying, I think we get a little bit oversensitive of what makes a spoiler. And I felt with the two comments about Fringe that we had made that had been pointed out as being possible spoilers, one was that it had a generic X-Files ending. I don't think it really counts as... <laughs> And and my comment that um, was it the the secret or the the thing the, the capitalization whatever it is that they're after was a thing that I mentioned and, and Brett had picked me up on it being a spoiler. Um, and again, I'm saying I just think I just think a little bit oversensitive. Yeah, no, on the spoilers. That's, I, I, that's you know. And and again, I wanted to, uh, yeah, I'm asking you guys and I'm asking the audience. What about uh, what about John Lovitz? Are, are you gonna are you gonna go back on John Lovitz as well? No, John Lovitz sucks. Right, but um, yeah, but but no, no, but it was that was my thing about spoilers. Can we turn his microphone off? At yeah, what point is it a spoiler? At what point is it a spoiler? That's all I'm asking. <laughs> You're so much quieter now. That's better. <laughs> uh, at what point is it a spoiler? When well, it's when it's actually a, a really uh, important plot point. So so if I if I was to say, uh, and we discover at the end of Lost that uh, the whole thing was Charlie's dream. Yeah. That's that's a spoiler. But well, the, the dead but, guy. But the if, dead guy's dreaming. Yeah. But if the green guy says, you know, at the end the guy's taken off on a thing and, and crazy evil robot hand lady says, you know, 
let's read his mind with that device. I'm not expecting that to be an ongoing plot. I'm thinking that's just an X-Files type ending myself. Well, here's the thing. I, all right, if, if, I was, if I was reviewing the show... Uh, I would not. I would not put in the ending of uh, of any episode mm-hmm. v- verbatim. Firstly, secondly, if I was going to put in the ending of an episode, I wouldn't put it in completely incorrectly the way <laughs> Gordon Farrow did. Uh, in 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 that article, I would actually have the facts correct and and have the genders right for a start. Uh, thirdly, if I was going to allude to the ending of the episode. I would actually try to do it in some kind of critical way rather than just say what saying <laughs> what, what happens. Right. I would say, well, and the ending uh, just seems too far-fetched and, uh, and unrealistic or something like <laughs> that. Uh, it's, uh, you know, it could, because it could be considered a spoiler by some, by some. And why take away the enjoyment of anybody's television? watching i mean that's there's just no point there if, if people if people watch that and go oh i knew that was coming because i read that in the green guide article yeah. then what you're doing there is destroying somebody's enjoyment of something that should be precious to them being watching television <laughs> the uh uh so so why do that why not actually just do your job as a critic mm-hmm. and be critical uh in but, but in, find- in a way that in a way that isn't just revealing plot points. There are people, though, who get very, very touchy about I mean, because I mentioned last week that, um, you know, that Winston Churchill is turning up in Doctor Who. There will be people in the world of Doctor Who who would find that to be a massive spoiler. Sure. I kind of think anything that will be in the ad for the show is fair game see, myself. But- see, and, and I think there you're wrong because often they have horrible spoilers in, uh, in, in the ads for, for shows. Mm-hmm. I, think, uh, I think things like oh, an actor is going to appear in a in an episode five months down the track is not a spoiler, but uh, he appears as Winston Churchill and, uh, and it turns out that Churchill and Hitler are very good friends and are plotting to uh, take over the world together and, uh, and actually succeed in this episode of Doctor Who. That's, That's a much. spoiler. What if I tell you that To Serve Man is a cookbook? What, what? Well, that's the massive spoiler at the end of a famous Twilight Zone episode. So if you haven't seen it, it did come out about 50-odd years ago. But I have to spoil the end of Twilight. Oh, no, that's... Is there a limitation? Is there a statute of limitations? Yes. Uh, the box cutters rule mm-hmm. states if it has gone to air in Australia, it can be discussed openly. Uh-huh. Including the end. So Including can, the right. end. If the episode has gone to air in Australia, it can be discussed openly. Mm-hmm. Or... If it's been uh, if it's been referenced in a Simpsons episode, which oh, okay. that has, which has covered the yeah yeah, 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 that uh, that has any any mention of Rosebud is <laughs> is fair game. Any mention of Soylent Green, fair mm-hmm. game. Uh, but if it uh, if it hasn't gone to to air in Australia, then it's uh, it's considered a spoiler mm-hmm. according to the box cutters rules. Mm-hmm. So letters to box cutters. Okay, question three. Which Gareth, canal? Are all these going to be about war? No, I got loads of. I got one on tennis. One on the Suez Canal. Loads. Okay, question three. Which canal links the Mediterranean with the Red Sea? Ah, this week's quiz question brought to you by Crumpler, who are our giveaway sponsors. They give us. Uh, bags and pouches and things to give away to you, the listener. And uh, did you did you get that email over the week that uh, they're now releasing bags with wheels? 
No, I did not. They're releasing Bags with Wheels. I didn't know that either. We're all so excited now. I, I think it might be bagswithwheels.com. Like a Segway? That you could go to. Is it like a Segway? Um, Can I ride it around no, like Job? No. No, 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 not like that. It's like uh, the suitcases with the handles and the wheels down the bottom. Ah. Yeah. But why would I want that if I can put all my clothes in my crumpler bag for a weekend away? Uh, they're bigger. And they've got wheels. But I'd have to and check you can them. Put more weight in? But I'd have to check them in the, in the luggage compartment. Yeah. Well, what what, if you're what away it, for a bit longer than a weekend? Well, oh, then I'd, want some, then I'd want something really good quality, like a crumpler thing. Yeah. 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 Oh, oh, and they're making that. Great. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, this week uh, we are giving away a Thirsty Owl uh, uh, purple. That's, that's all it is. It's a Thirsty Owl purple. It's a, a little pouch to... Uh, it's, you know what? Is that... One of those, one of those uh, thirsty hours are really good for, uh, say, putting your keys in mm-hmm. if you're uh, if you're going to the swimming pool or something like that. Uh, put your keys in it, attach it to your bag. You know where they are; they're uh, easy to access. Mm-hmm. It's a it's a great little pouch, and it's purple. This week's quiz question is: What do the following programs have in common? Happy Days, which we mentioned earlier. Yes. The Love Boat. Married with Children. What do those three television shows have in common? Send us your reply to hooray at boxcutters.net. Put quiz in the, uh, in the subject line. Hooray at boxcutters.net. H-O-O-R-A-Y at boxcutters.net. Or... You can uh, text us, 0458, but, but doctor. doctor. And uh, thank you very much for that uh, SMS to the but doctor number. Yes. <laughs> 0458, cutter, uh, you can SMS us or... Don't forget uh, to, to give us your name or, or, and an email address maybe uh, on your SMSs because we have no idea who these uh, things are coming from. Yeah, and, uh, and it's very Maybe difficult. I shouldn't have said that. <laughs> it's very difficult to contact you. Uh so, uh, yes, answer the question, what do uh, Happy Days, The Love Boat and Married with Children have in common? And you can win yourself a thirsty owl. Hey, um, when I cast my pod, it's with the box cutters in mind. Box cutters. Pod. Cast. Done. Pork is on the table. We've got no time for pork. Oh, what? <laughs> no time. Hush, hush. No time for pork. Okay. That brings us to the end. He's such an angry god. What do you have? What do you have? Quick. Better be good. Go on. Better be good. Go on. Actually, I've got some pork. No. (laughs) Well, I'll turn down the outro. Uh, just uh, just quickly, uh, David Knox on TV tonight had a list of. And he does. uh, Where are they shows? Oh, knock. Right. Yes. Uh, he had a list of uh, of where are they shows. These are shows that the networks promised at the start of the year and still uh, yeah. have have not uh, appeared. Uh, the Knight Rider series, well, that only just started in the US, so uh, you know there's still uh, there's still time for for that to come. Uh, but uh, a lot of these are shows that haven't started properly. There are shows like uh, Reaper, which uh, we thought was uh, going to appear on Channel Seven and. Hasn't as yet. 
Didn't they, weren't there a few episodes of that that showed? Reaper? I yeah. don't think with, so. With the guy who uh, turns 21 and, and yeah, his yeah. parents we, are we watched sold it. His... We watched it as part of uh, last year's full season. No, I'm sure that it got some episodes uh, out. But one of the big ones is Pushing Daisies, which Channel 9 actually had on a DVD that they sent out with copies of The Age or The Herald Sun oh, really? or something. Because isn't season mm. two already playing in the US? Yes, that? yes it is. It's mm. playing and uh, has lost a considerable number of viewers. Okay. Uh, for no good reason, because it's still pretty good. I saw that episode mm. and it was, uh, it, it was very enjoyable. But perhaps one of the casualties of the writer's strike. Yeah, it's uh, that is possible. Uh, Pushing Daisies with Channel Nine really should have pushed quite heavily, especially when uh, they could have tested it in Melbourne when they couldn't show Underbelly. Mm. Uh, they've just done nothing with, and uh, and I have to wonder why. So that's uh, it, the whole list is uh, is up on TV tonight, and I'll uh, I'll put a link uh, on the blog to that as well. Sweet. And that brings us to the end of Box Cutters episode 151. I want to say thanks very much to Crumpler, our giveaway sponsors who give us things to give away to you. If you missed my spiel about them, you can hear it uh, about five minutes ago. Yeah, just rewind. Yeah, just go back. <laughs> just go back. I also want to say thanks to 3RRR, whose studios we use for recording this podcast each and every week. If you are in Melbourne and want to hear me talk about more television, I'll be on uh, the breakfast show this Wednesday morning mm-hmm. at 7.15. Uh, so tune into 102.7 or rrr.org.au, 7.15 Australian Eastern Daylight Savings Time, and you can hear me talk about television, <laughs> with, which you've just done. But live, live. So why, really? Why you could you? be assassinated while talking. That gives it that excitement that you, know, you don't get with the podcast. Great, now I'm scared to turn up. <laughs> Anyway, uh, Triple R give us our studios to uh, give us give us Who's their studios. Who's going to be in the studio to assassinate him? They'll be hiding behind something. An assassin, <laughs> duh. Yeah, duh. John Wilkes Booth, the assassinator. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, they give us uh, their studios uh, to record this podcast each and every week. So good on them, and thank you very much. I just, by the way, it's not bagsonwheels.com. What is My it? computer's running very slowly. I, I can tell you that it's not bagsonwheels.com, but I can't tell you what it is. So remember, don't go to bagsonwheels.com. <laughs> no. Uh, if you want to email us, you can hooray at boxcutters.net or click on the Talk to Boxcutters link on the website uh, or text us at 0458-BUT-DOCTOR. And the website will be up for the entire week. It will? Yes. It, I it can will guarantee that. Excellent. <laughs> excellent. Until next week, my name is Josh Canal. I'm John Richards. I continue to be Brett Cropley. Thanks for listening to Box Cutters. Catch us again next week. Same bad time, same bad channel. And hey, let's be careful out there.